Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Welcome. We're so happy to be with you today. Look, smart data can change everything in business. And we're going to talk to a guest who's going to talk to us about the real estate market and so many businesses that are interconnected to needing to understand property data and all sorts of aspects of data around real estate. And so I'm excited to introduce you to Josh Frazier, who's going to tell us about his company and how they're growing and building and and changing the marketplace. Thanks so much for having me, Allison. Yeah, so my name is Josh Fraser. I am the CEO at Estated. And what we've done over the last few years is make property data more accessible. So the first product we ever built was a Carfax for homes, pretty straightforward. And then nowadays you look at platforms like Zillow and Redfin, and they primarily focus on all the homes that are for sale when you go onto these platforms. What we've done with Estated is we've taken every single property and made mostly the same information available through different types of technologies. So whether you want it through an API or a match and append or a bulk data file, you can come to Estated and get access to every single property in the United States with all the historical information and the value um, instead of just being able to see on a map what's for sale in your current, you know, in your current geography or neighborhood, wherever you might be looking. And so we made it universally accessible. We mostly work with large insurance and finance companies in the mortgages and lending space. So mm-hmm. it's been a really fun journey over the last few years. Well, and I know I read this quote from you that public data should be easily accessible to everyone. But but Josh, how easy is it to build a database that has access to over 150 million properties, drawing it from government data. Yeah. In the U.S., the government sources <laughs> for this, like if you've ever been to your county or recorder office in your city, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But a lot of this stuff is still done by hand and then uploaded onto the Internet. It's not done digitally yet. You're looking at deeds that, you know, sometimes aren't updated except for once or twice a year, whereas you have certain places where it should be done daily when a transaction on a house happens. So aggregating that data is kind of the first challenge. You have a little over 3,200 counties in the United States that all record this information differently. They publish it differently as well. And so it's been a lot of um, learning over the last few years of not only being able to collect the data from those sources, going to other legacy companies in the industry, buying data from them, and then actually building the tooling to match it all together, make it look pretty so that our users can actually, you know, make good decisions in their businesses. That's one of the funniest things about data is everyone always talks about big data, but I always joke, I'm like, it's actually the small data that you can like take action with and have an impact on your business, that's the most important. And so when you're looking at so many properties across the entire United States, um, making sure you have accurate and clean data is is a massive challenge. It's billions and billions of data points. 
Well, and and here's the thing I want to just share with our listeners. So we like to do early. The again, the site if you're near a computer is estated.com. So e-s-t-a-t-e-d.com. And um, congratulations, because I know you've been listed as one of the top 500 fastest growing SaaS companies of 2021 by Latka Magazine, and and you all are on a growth trajectory. But before we talk about, you know, kind of how you're shaking things up and what you're building and, and going, let's take a step back, because this isn't your first company, Josh, and your first business wasn't directly around property and real estate, was it? No, it was not. My first business when I, I guess I would have become an entrepreneur when I was 24. So I got into digital advertising in high school um, and actually started making money at a very young age, um, like affiliate marketing online in 2006, 2007. I then went to an advertising company for about five years from 19 to 24. Um, learned a lot, learned a lot about digital advertising, especially Google AdWords, built a consulting company, um, just doing Google AdWords consulting, um, had a nice little exit with that only after about 12 months, then came up with the first property data company under data nerds, which was the Carfax for homes, um, which, you know, still 20,000 people use every single month and look up individual property reports. And then we realized that doing small scale Carfax for homes wasn't really where we wanted to take it. We started working with companies like State Farm and Walmart and Hippo and Kin, Vacasa, Airbnb. And we started working with these companies on a B2B level. And that was just so much more exciting, uh, a lot less turnover of customers, <laughs> much larger contracts, much more interesting problems to be solving. And so we really pivoted away from our kind of B2C business to a B2B business. And I liked it a lot more. I kind of, I did the consulting route. I did the B2C. Now I'm into B2B. And it's by far been my favorite transition thus far, because we just get to work with so many incredibly smart people and very, very large organizations, which is just cool. Well, and Jess, you know what I like about that story is you built one company and rather than trying to transform or, or refit the one you started, you got to start fresh with a, a new, clear, compelling vision. Am I interpreting that correctly? Yeah, like I definitely took a lot of the things I learned from the previous companies and kind of just kept rolling them over. Like one of the big things that we were always good at was the AdWords side of how do we actually get leads and customers to our website? And that was really where my original skill set came, which led to the Carfax for Homes. And then we started to see that it would work for B2B stuff as well. So it just kind of kept going. It just keeps evolving. Let's apps attack them. Start to try to see if you can get traction. You're going to fail a lot. But when you do get 17 or 18 full-time team members with a handful of part-time contractors all over the world, and it's it's grown really fast. It's almost doubled every year since we launched it. No, and that is fantastic. I want to take a, a step also, um, Josh. You're a big believer in accelerators, and you've been involved in them in a couple different ways. So you want to tell us some of your background and experiences with accelerators? Yeah, so when I first did that business when I was 24, the AdWords consulting stuff, I went to a local accelerator just in my hometown of Kelowna, British Columbia, a little bit outside of Vancouver, very small. There's maybe 80 or 90,000 people here. Um, 
And I met some incredible mentors during that who have helped shape me in so many different ways. Some that actually have equity in the stated today that I still work with. I was talking to one just before this. He's been helping me since I was 25. I've known him. Um, that's like seven years now. So having that mentorship was incredibly valuable, but then we kind of grew to a level where we had a business that had lots of customers. It kind of hit a ceiling. We didn't know what the next phase of it was. And we got introduced to the tech stars group, which is, um, you know, founded and started out of Boulder, Colorado. You have like Brad Feld, David Cohen, a bunch of incredible people that run that program. I think they've put thousands of companies through it. They've invested in thousands of companies as well. They're an investor and instated. And that's a four month all intensive. You take a couple of people from your team. You're locked in an office with 10 other companies for 14 weeks straight. Um, you definitely want to rip each other's heads off by the end of it, but. <laughs> You learn so much. My mentorship from there, we ended up raising our seed round of $3 million from Foundry directly out of Techstars and the relationships that came with that. And even like just looking back at it a few years ago, it's like, I know so many of those relationships will be uh, forever valuable to me. And they only take a small percentage of your company. The other thing I'd say about accelerators is that if you don't know how to build a business or you're like first or second business, and you've had a lot, a couple failures, or you don't really know what you're doing. They teach you the foundation of how to build a business, like OKRs, like objectives and key results, being able to set out annual and quarterly and monthly goals, um, learning how to just do a kind of like basic financial projections, knowing when to start and stop a project. There's so many little like nuances that came from that of just fundamental business stuff that I never knew existed. And it's been immensely valuable. And to the point where I think I've even taught it to other people now and seen them start to succeed with it. So I'm a huge fan of accelerators, like whether you're going to get some money for it, or you're going to give up some equity. If you want a shortcut into learning like the fundamentals of how to build a tech or tech business, I'd say like the, you know, the main ones like tech stars and, um, Y Combinator. I think there's a couple others as well, but there's a lot of them out there now. I'd highly recommend looking into it. There's even niche ones to what industry you're in to tailor it so that you can find investors. Like after they give you a network of investors that are interested in your business and they know who you are. That's a a warm lead to an investor is like invaluable to a, a startup that doesn't have those relationships yet. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's let's switch and talk about uh, your culture and, and leadership. So, tell us a little bit about the team that you've you've built and that you have today. Yeah, it's very. Ad- we have been very agile over the last few years. Obviously, when when we worked in an office, since you know one of the first things I did, I think might have been my own ego, but was get a nice office. Um, you know, when I was 25 and, and, you know, have the parties and have the team there all day, every day, and, you know, we'd get there at 8am and we wouldn't leave till six or seven most days. And that worked. I'm not going to lie for like the first few years, it was very, very productive. Mm -hmm. Um, then once COVID happened, we went fully remote in on, in an instant, which was a massive change for us, but we ended up taking our OKRs back from what was quarterly. We do the monthly now. So it's just like a full team check-in twice a month over Zoom. We do a team update in the middle of the month once we have our results. And we do an OKR, which is our objectives and key results for every department, um, which is about an hour and a half meeting on like, you know, the first week of every single month. 
And we'd use like Slack a lot. Uh, we always have, we have learning and development every single week where we pick different topics that people can come in and teach the team about, or we'll bring experts in. We actually have a four day work week as well. So um, I think a lot of our employees work on Fridays, but we don't have meetings on Fridays. Um, so it's like really a day for you to just like focus and not be distracted because Slack nowadays, Slack and email um, when you start working remotely and you have a lot of outside parties can get pretty busy. So we uh, we're, we're pretty much a four day work week and the culture has been good. It's a, it's a massive new learning. You have this new generation of people who are like, they've never worked in an office before. So um, you know, we give a lot of autonomy and we, we pitch just happy, healthy humans. That's kind of always been our motto. Be a happy, healthy human. Um, make sure that you clearly communicate, thrive in autonomy and set big goals. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do big things here and we've been growing quite quickly. And I think a lot of that comes down to us giving our employees a lot of autonomy, making sure we're hiring happy, healthy humans and, um, you know, let them run with it. I tell every person that starts at our company, I'm like, you have to come here and hit the ground running. You're going to be drinking out of a fire hose for the first couple months. But like, if you can't hit the ground running and we can't trust you to thrive in autonomy, it just won't work out. And so we do a lot of, um, you know, scanning for that before we hire people. So Josh, I want to ask you, what brings you the most joy in your, in your week or in your, in your business? What, what, what is it that you're like? Oh man, this is, this is the best. Well, I'm a ridiculously curious person. So it's like, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's a, it's a never ending challenge. <laughs> you know, if you could see like my search history, it's like, I probably Google 200 things a day that I didn't know about. So I think, you know, when I really catch on to something that I learn about, um, I find it fascinating, but I think the biggest joy for me, there's, there's two of them. One would be like, the other week, I got to talk with the executive team at Invitation Homes. They own almost 100,000 rental properties across the United States. They have massive plans of growth over the next decade. And I got to talk to the C-level team. Like, I don't know if I, like, that is extremely exciting for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I get off a call like that and I'm just buzzed. I'm so excited. And then I'd say the second one is like, you know, some of our clients are having really good success right now. And when you see your client raise a $200 million round or a $400 million round, um, and even just knowing we pay, we play like one, one ten thousandth of a role in that. It's really cool to see uh, some of these prop tech and insure tech and fintech companies we work with um, raising massive rounds, just having great success. So that's always fun to just kind of know we're a part of it. Well, where, where are you going to go next? You've talked about this growth and, and we already acknowledged earlier, you know, one of the fastest growing SaaS companies, um, you're just continuing to have your eye on new things. Uh, as stated is, is focused on the United States real estate market. Although I know your, your team is spread between Canada and the U S where is it that you see some of the vision for the organization taking it in the next steps? We still have a lot of work to do in the United States and you have much more relaxed data and privacy laws in the United States than we do in Canada. So we would love to do the exact same thing that we do in the U S and Canada. But at this time, um, federally, we're not allowed to collect public record information. Whereas in the United States, you guys have a freedom of information act where public record data is publicly available. So 
The big goal for us um, at Estated is we kind of have one is how quickly can we get the data updated and get really good coverage for the entire United States um, on our own. So we're very focused on that, like almost imagine real time updates on every single property. So if that house is listed for sale or the price change or kind of like you would see on a Zillow, but for every property in the U.S., how quickly can we get that up to real time? That's a big focus for us. The second one is we are can, we are building a property intelligence platform which is a little bit more consumer focused, but allows people that aren't as familiar with APIs or data files to actually access this data and, you know, use it for their businesses or make good decisions. Because we feel like we've really limited it to pretty pretty technical um, teams. Like you can't really work with a stated if you don't have a good engineering Mm -hmm. um, team. And so we have a property intelligence platform and a search tool that will look pretty much identical to Zillow, but just be public record data versus all the, uh, you know, you know, what you'd see on a Zillow or a Redfin. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you sharing that. And do you see expansion in different types of organizations? Or I guess, have you seen organizations come to you that you were like, oh, I, I didn't expect that because I know on your site, it it talks about uh, customers and utilities and energy and, you know, mortgage lending, all these different places. The random use cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's endless of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the democratic national committee buys property data from us, the DNC, probably not for all the same reasons you would think that they are. Um, we have, we have some of the largest um, store, like just regular stores, like Lowe's and home hardware doing pilots right now that are looking at building like home portfolios. So every time you were to go shop at one of these stores, um, they'd know your address. They know what windows are in your house, what kind of taps you have, wow, um, what your washer and dryer is. All your warranty would be stored to that house so that in the future, if something happened to something you bought there, um, it was already attached to you. So there's a lot of things there. There's also like shipping um fraud and shipping in companies like walmart and shopify if they send something back and it's like a fraudulent address and the homeowner doesn't actually live there do we adding in a single millisecond verification step with a stated where it's just like oh um you know joe a did buy this product at and he lives in this house if it was like say a thousand dollar tv but he returned it and then the address changed and then say Walmart was going to ship that back to them. Are there ways that we can help prevent fraud so that like they're not sending a fake TV to the wrong address? It's a multi-billion dollar problem that they're trying to tackle too. So a 1% improvement would be really, really cool there. I see lots of opportunities for it though, as well. Like I think just as a normal homeowner, why don't you have access to all this stuff about your house and save it all? Like when you sell your house, when you look at it, my initial draw to property data, which is like the most boring thing ever, was that when I bought my first house, it was the best investment I ever made, I think, one of them. But it um, it looked like a Excel sheet. It was just so shitty. When your realtor gives you that like piece of paper on the house, you're like, what is this? Like, I'm going to spend half a million dollars on this house. And you give me this like two page printout that looks like an Excel sheet that I don't even understand what half of it means. That that to me still doesn't click in my head. I hope that one day we can make that better for larger investments for not only the homeowner, but just for like everyone involved. Well, Josh, thank you for sharing that. There were some very um, interesting pieces, pieces in there. 
what is next for for you? Uh, anything that you are focused on working on outside of as stated that um, other than probably getting fresh air and hiking and that lovely Vancouver yeah, uh, environment. <laughs> I did get a run in today in the mountains. It's quite nice. Um, I'd say like my number one focus is obviously stated and, and probably will be for a long time to come. I'd say the other thing I've been the most excited about recently is like virtual real estate in the metaverses. The Central Land and the Sandbox um, are two very fast growing companies that I find absolutely fascinating. Whether or not, um, you know, they exist in a decade from now, I'm not positive about, but I have seen the companies that are investing in these metaverses and in like the blockchain technologies. And I just think that um, it's going to be a dramatically different environment than what we're dealing with now. But I think in a decade, we're going to see a lot of progress in some of these areas. So I've been probably for the last year and a half, pretty, I've always been into cryptocurrencies, but Mm -hmm. um, I'd say the metaverse and then specifically real estate in the metaverse is something that, um, my passion is developing for my endless curiosity is not, (laughs) it's not peaked yet. It's, it's still going. Well, Josh, maybe we'll have to come back and talk to you about that in, in the future. Um, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, learn more, where should they go? What should they do? I mean, stated.com is pretty easy. Um, or JG Fraser on Instagram is another great way to get a hold of me. Um, but yeah, if you just go sign up on a stated, I see it all. I still live and breathe this thing. So, um, and, and yeah, you can easily get a hold of me there or on LinkedIn. I would say are the two best places. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and giving us more insight into the real estate data and what a stated is doing with it. Um, we greatly appreciate it. For our listeners, if Josh shared something in his story that you think somebody else needs to hear, please pass along a copy of this episode. And as always, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Josh, thank you again. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.